Welcome to this special episode of uh, Defence Budget 2018. Uh, traditionally, Defence Budget has been a subject of interest, uh, but this time around, I think healthcare uh, took the shine away from Defence, and people, I haven't seen many people discussing about the allocations towards defense and um, which which is quite unnatural in the sense that defense is one of the most important allocations that the budget talks about so uh, but now i think we in our endeavor to do uh, focused segmented analysis of the budget uh, we have colonel rakesh sharma with us colonel rakesh sharma is uh, an ex uh, servicemen having put in 32 years of service in the infantry division and uh, is one of the people who uh, uh, who dis- who got disabled in uh, while uh, while uh, carrying out a counter insurgency uh, strike uh, i think uh, the importance of the defense budget is understood by a person no better than colonel rakesh sharma because they have lived through the pain of being a subject of a war like situation whether it is insurgency or it is an enemy strike whichever so i would uh, welcome colonel sharma colonel rakesh sharma and uh, before we get into the discussion i would like to first of all get your view about the overall budget not just the defense budget but overall budget uh- before i get into that i just like to highlight one point this most of the people uh, they do not quite appreciate what is happening uh, it cannot be looked at in isolation national interest or national security or the national power of a country is derived from uh, various factors and various aspects the most predominant aspect of that is the economic ability to sustain uh the national will the second most important thing is the stability of the internal decision making institutions the executive the legislature the judiciary the bureaucracy the administration the military are all wings of the government the third most important factor which uh, i will come to later why i am listing this out is the uh, stability of the society and with example like in court that where societies are unstable even if you have a strong economy even if you have a strong military it, it gets it gets destabilized very fast the fourth most important thing is dependence on external resources critical dependence oil or for weaponry or for all those things uh, then comes the military power the, the uh, strength of the, the defense forces as an institution their decision making their hierarchy and lastly is the diplomatic prowess the ability of the country to impose or convey its viewpoint convert others to its viewpoint now the military might and the diplomacy and the strength of the internal institutions go hand in glove mm. but all these three have to be backed by a stable society now that is where the present budget is focusing the present budget is focusing on the deprived sections of the society who have not got their dues for so many years it's a shame that today uh, for want of proper treatment people are you know losing lives uh, the availability of health care in rural areas is uh, absolutely poor similarly the education if you have to get your society stable you need a very strong and vibrant middle class the middle class will only come when you have good education when you have job opportunities 
a person is looking for, for a fruitful life if you don't have that then that person will be prone to destruction a classic example that i can give is two countries one is egypt and one is turkey both countries uh, very uh, strong stable internal systems uh, very prosperous lot of money strong army but today the societies are crumbling why it's crumbling because the base of the society the social structures are crumbling down this is what we have to understand in this light if we really look at our military budget or as in the general budget uh, we are the fourth largest military spender in the world after us china and uk now uh, uk is slipping they have reached a stage where they are can uh, i mean uh, cannibalizing typhoons to keep their aircraft flying they are selling their aircraft auctioning their aircraft carriers on cash and carry basis uh, so we might may get ourselves upgraded to third biggest military spender but that's no consolation uh, this was my overall uh, take on the present budget okay so uh, but coming back to uh, the allocations that have been done how how do you see uh what what according to you are the highlights of this year's defense uh you see the if you really ask me in absolute terms uh, it is a standstill defense allocation uh the additional allocation that has been done uh, if you uh, factor in inflation then uh, it washes out the uh, the whatever increment has been given but the to understand the defense budget we have to understand its components uh, one component is the revenue expenditure and the second component is the capital expenditure now uh, the uh, worrying factor is that the revenue expenditure is now almost running away and that is something that we have to find as, as a nation a solution to are uh, the revenue expenditure is running away because of the uh, ballooning uh, pension bill uh you know uh, for an average soldier who joins service at the age of 18 he is 95 to 96% of the force serves only 22 years that means at the age of 40 between age of 40 and 45 in the prime with most productive years when he has gained his experience he is uh, taken out of the uh, service now as a country we have to find ways to because this person lives on for next 40 years he lives to the age of uh, today the average age is Uh, 68 69 so he lives for 30 years as a pensioner he served for 22 years and he lives for 30 years as a pensioner uh, uh, slightly i'll drift away from this to highlight this point that in europe uh, countries uh, especially if you look at uh, your, uh, the southern european countries where the uh, fertility rates have dropped the they are considering to revive the retirement age uh, italy was proposing at one time to raise it to 72 years so uh, that is something that we have to see how we can reduce our uh, pension budget but that apart uh, then i come to the our there is a need to restructure our uh, forces uh, there already uh, government is addressing that the shikarkar committee report has come in certain structural changes are being made uh, hopefully we should see some forward movement on that uh, coming to the the capital expenditure is on two parts uh, one part is acquisition of new weapon systems and new weapon the second part is on creation of again it's part of capital expenditure but it's creation of infrastructure and assets like new air bases uh, new you know uh, ports new dockyards all those kind of uh, there uh, again you see uh, this year like we have got uh, almost uh, 99 lakh 99947 crores as capital expenditure budget out of this almost 80% is 
prior commitment that means that uh, we shall be pay the contract obligations which have already been executed either in the previous financial year or years earlier as the deliveries come in payments will be made that's one uh, only 3.67% is available for fresh contracts but then this is not a worrisome figure because uh, it would only involve paying up to maybe 10 to 15% if any new contracts are negotiated uh, one aspect on capital expenditure that i would like to uh, highlight here is for people to understand why the defense forces have been saying that last 20 years we have been neglected uh, for any uh, defense equipment uh, or technology there is a life cycle now ideally the mix of the life cycle should be that uh, at least between 20 to 30% of the equipment that you have should be state of art the latest technology about 40% or 50% should be the current technology and about 20 to 30% again should be the uh, you know uh, equipment that is about to be uh, at the last leg of its uh, service life so you can you know then start discarding it as new equipment comes in unfortunately in our case in last 20 years we have had no such holistic planning uh, fortunately now certain mechanisms have been put in to, we are getting there uh, to highlight a problem you know one aspect of you see buying defense equipment is not like going to a showroom and picking up a car there is a whole uh, process of you know uh, technology technology upgradation and there's a production lines are set up the production lines produce and then as the production of the equipment is you know getting outdated or obsolescence is setting in you need new technology to come in so you need a parallel production line which is producing the new items or the latest technology uh, i highlight this because this this thing had been in news point for quite some time uh, really regards to the uh, war wastage rate of ammunition we have uh, put in processes to expedite this but even with these expedited measures it will take us anything up to 4 to 5 years to reach the desired levels of stocking of war wastage ammunition uh, just to highlight the problem that are faced uh, this is how capital uh, expenditure budget work any uh, query no it's fine i mean uh, so uh, to look at it uh, prior to budget what were the things that you expected the defense budget to provide and how much of it has actually been met those expectations uh, the you see bu- budget uh, budgetary support is for the uh, what is being planned within the army in we are missed inducting m777 uh, howitzers that has been provided for rafales are coming in this year next year and next financial year so that will be expenditure spread across three years similarly we'll be getting uh, chinook helicopters and we'll be getting uh, apache helicopters this will be coming in uh, one place where i am very uncomfortable is i shouldn't be saying so but uh, there is no quality assurance on drdo there is no you know there's no pressure on drdo to deliver okay uh, it is it is very well to say that drdo is doing a wonderful job they are doing a wonderful job but unfortunately the results on ground except for the high tech missiles and the missile systems uh, drdo has uh, not delivered that uh, the, the uh, now uh, but one good thing that has happened uh, this was uh, recommended over a period of time with the various interactions with wiki uh, had and which uh, this uh, the, the bharat shakti also had was uh, we had uh, Suppose that there should be some form of technology incubation by the government. Uh, here, the government has taken a positive step. They have called, they have created a technology development fund of 141 crore rupees. Uh, this would be given to support 
the development and prototypes making prototypes of whatever is developed in india uh, we never had this kind of a thing uh, we never had that uh, you know concept of research to uh, you are using a particular generation of equipment there was no parallel research to get the next generation of the same equipment in a classical example again i'll give you is of mig 21 we have been manufacturing mig 21 in our country for last 20 25 years but yet we have not had any design bureau in india to upgrade the next generation of mig 21 aircraft tejas came in but tejas came in as a very late date as a replacement but there was no design bureau incorporating the technology and going in for further research so now i mean uh... Uh, i am a non military person and uh, uh, when i look at a budget i i think all that money that 99947 crores that's being spent on the capital uh, procurement uh, expenses uh, i i i feel a little comfortable that perhaps uh, my my nation is a little more war ready than it was before now uh, so my question is do you think the budget really takes us to a greater safety as a nation in a in a in a world where the geopolitics is taking um a turn every second day uh, do you think uh, it makes us more safe uh, i would answer this in a different way uh, you see uh, any adversary uh, needs to pause and think of our capabilities uh, in last 3 years we have acquired a capability to inflict prohibitive damage we may not be able to win over an enemy but we have acquired the capability to inflict prohibitive damage on him if there is any needless adventure and that in itself is a reason why now countries are coming to india again uh, no, not related directly to the defense budget but uh, the uh, you see uh, china backed down at doklam why china mm-hmm. knew that it could not push for to have a confrontation with india across the entire east to west northern border hmm. so that is why they backed up because they knew our capability they knew that if for any point of interest we have the capability to inflict prohibitive damage on that's that's really reassuring and uh, so overall what would you rate the budget and the defense budget as in a scale of 10 10 being the uh, highest <laughs> uh, i'll uh, you know uh, uh, overall i think the the entire budget i would rate it at 8 uh, defense budget i'll i'll uh, reserve my rating because uh, you see uh, there is a very factor in defense budget and that is that uh, which we have to understand that uh, i'll again quote figures in 2009 the total defense budget that was allocated we surrendered 12.77% of it as unspent that is criminal uh, in 2014 it was 13% in 2015 it was 15% now this 2015 was because our draft procurement manual was in the works the, the uh, our previous raksha mantri uh, shri manohar parikar ji had uh, worked on it he brought out a new defense procurement manual uh, last year we have brought it down to 8.6 that's a very welcome move we have to reduce this unspent amount of budget because that means that uh, actually means that you know it in a way it is a reduced allocation if you are not spending any money that means that you may be you may be allocated 1000 uh, crores but if you are spending only 900 crores 
it means that your allocation actually de facto is 900 crore uh, so that is one f- fact that i wanted to highlight at this stage uh, the uh, the uh, i mean uh, another aspect that i wanted to highlight was that uh, why i am hesitant to uh, you know grade the military uh, the budget defense budget uh, see china has a gdp that is three times our and their defense is 2% our defense spending as a percentage of gdp is 1.58% uh, so we can you know uh, arrive at how much uh, in absolute terms percentage terms and all this is very good for statistics but in absolute terms uh, how much money we need to do so but most important thing is we need to get our systems in place that spend our money effectively that we spend our money well and like we have saying in the army that we get the biggest bang for the smallest right right so uh, that was uh, actually a very uh, enlightening uh, discussion for me because uh, most of the things i didn't know that there was such a such an inordinate uh, uh, gap in the spending i mean uh, so much of unspent amounts uh, but what what uh, what do you attribute this to i mean what Where where did we go wrong? Why why was it not uh, utilized despite allocation? Uh, the 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 problem is uh, there are there are one is a systemic problem. Uh, our uh, our uh, the procurement systems are so straight jacketed and they are so uh, you know uh, fear driven, uh, fear of being painted as a corrupt practice. Uh, you see, uh, for, for for all his intentions or whatever, uh, I personally as an individual I do not believe. in blacklisting a firm that is paid bribe uh, bribe if, uh, if any company has paid a bribe penalize the company to double the amount of bribe if they paid 5 crores penalize them 10 crores for the bribe amount but continue with the order why because the equipment has been tested tried and approved for induction now this testing and trial period is very long it is very exhaustive if you have to do it from a scratch it takes you back almost 3 to 4 years and that is what has unfortunately happened during upa 1 and 2 tenures any one deal the opponent would say that there's a bribery in this there's a scandal in this and ministry of defense promptly playing safe would cancel the deal so carry out the investigation if you feel that there has been a bribe impose a penalty but get the equipment you you need the equipment today I, I, if you ask me the certain equipment which we need as of yesterday mm. but unfortunately but here on now what we are seeing now especially in case of critical equipment where we are going for government to government purchase uh, that's a very welcome move because in the short term it will uh, bridge the gap and hopefully in long term we would be able to uh, have our procedures and system streamlined for faster procurement yeah so uh, colonel i think uh, we will be keeping a close watch on the developments in this sector and uh, would be possibly doing a quarterly or a half yearly review of how things have gone since the budget uh, that came up uh, so would be looking forward to have further discussions with you and thank you for having joined us uh, thank uh, you very much uh i would just make uh, one last uh, recommendation i hope this reaches the some of the decision makers that we need to have a targeted allocation uh, rather than you know having a general allocation we need to have targeted allocation with targeted timelines and targeted technology level induction you know uh, the if that is what we do we should be able to bridge the gap between intent and delivery uh, we have to uh, do something really well fast great I think I think it, your words will reach the right ears, and some action will be uh, initiated on that. Uh, 
Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.